This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. It has been a difficult group of days here in Louisiana and indeed across the country in the aftermath of three events that have captured the attention of the nation. On the 5th of July, of course, all of you around Baton Rouge know about the incident between Alton Sterling and two members of the Baton Rouge Police Department. And a day later, an incident in Minnesota. And on Thursday, yet another day later, the incident in Dallas. And it has drawn our attention to the interaction between law enforcement and the communities they represent. I told you on last week's show that I planned on talking about what happened here in Baton Rouge. Little did I know then that there would be something else in Minnesota and then this tragedy in Dallas as well. Well, I want to talk about it a lot this week. I want to be clear about my position on our approach here. I would like people to gain understanding from both sides, and I plan on talking to people who are involved with the protests and people who are more leaning toward law enforcement. But having said that, let me say to you that speaking to both sides of that equation, they both agree that what happened in Baton Rouge was a tragedy And both sides wish that it would have not happened. The Justice Department, as you know, has a hold of this thing now. And who knows how long that's going to be uh, before they render a verdict one way or the other. One of the leaders on the protest side of this has been State Representative Ted James, representing House District 101 here in Baton Rouge. I've known Ted a little while. I consider Ted to be an extremely bright guy. He is a very in tune young man to what's happening here in the capital city region. And we talk about a great number of things and what will be a two part conversation because we went on for an hour and I, I plan on having a few conversations this week and I'm going to extend my conversation with Ted over two parts. Just to give you a heads up, we talk about the day that this happened, his reaction to it. We talk about the protests. He he takes you inside of some of what has gone on since the Alton Sterling incident here. He talks about outsiders coming into Baton Rouge to insert themselves into the protest. And he doesn't take the position that all of them are bad, but he has pretty clear thoughts about those that are. He talks about the Baton Rouge Police Department, and I ask him directly, do you think the Baton Rouge Police Department is racist? And you will hear that over the course of our discussion. We talk about the aftermath, the end game. What what are we hoping to accomplish as a community In the aftermath of this, what can we learn from this? He is brutally honest and 
somewhat tortured by, and I mean that metaphorically speaking, by what's going on here. I do not believe this man wants to see this city torn apart. And there are others who feel that way. And I think it's time for those of us who have the agenda of keeping Baton Rouge from imploding. We really have to do something about this. And it starts with a dialogue that leads to maybe policy changes that we hope will have the outcome of making us a better city. We can all agree upon this, right? That last week when this happened through the first four nights of protests, I think we can all say we were pleasantly surprised at how peaceful they were. Now, since then, we have seen some incidents take place. We have heard the cry of people who want to see the mayor resign. The people who want to see the police chief fired and all of that emotion that was going forward. This conversation with Ted was very honest and part one of it is up next and you be the judge about where he is. But I think he shoots everybody straight and you can hear his sincerity. And we hope to talk with both sides again during this week and give clear perspective and long form discussion about what what is going on. So part one of my conversation with State Representative Ted James is next. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Back with State Representative Ted James talking about what's been happening in Baton Rouge over the last week. Ted, how are you, man? Oh man, I uh, I, I don't know. Uh, range of emotions. Uh, Tell me about them. You know, just a bit of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and concern, um, and still, still did a, a bit of disbelief that this is is happening here. here you know, right? Uh, we've we've witnessed this, and you know, I've been in schools, and you know, but have all you know consistently said that I don't see this happening in Baton Rouge, and uh, and the the worst of my fears were, were brought to light when this you know happened to Alton Sterling on North Foster Drive where I grew up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't represent that area now, but it, it's all, you know, very personal to all of us because it's, it's here at our front door. Where were you when the news broke that this happened? Um, on Tuesday, when I when I started to get the information, um, I was at home and um, I had, you know, just gotten in from spending the, the weekend away for sure. the holiday. It was Independence um, Day weekend. That's right. And um, I was at home and, and just hoping that it, was, it wasn't it was true because I, um, before the, the video went, went public, um, a friend of a friend um, was the, the young lady who actually filmed the first video. Um, so, you know, I had it long before it was, it was even public. Um, so just a lot of you know, concern and fear for what, you know, I knew was about to, you know, happen in our city. 
I um, let's back up. So you see the video, and your first emotions were what? I couldn't even watch it more than once. You know, yeah. I was immediately just torn, right? Yeah. Because um, I'd never witnessed that before. Yeah. You know? um, especially, you know, hearing the young ladies, you know, screams and, and hearing her, her commentary um, was extremely, you know, just, just gut-riching, you know, um, to, to watch something like that. Um, and just my thoughts were like, you know, this is about to be a, a major issue in, in our city. And, uh, you know, I've just immediately began to get on the phone with folks to brace them for, you know, what we knew was about to really happen here. Who among your colleagues or in elected office did you speak with? Who were among some of the first people that you spoke um, with? You know, of course, uh, Denise, because it's her area, and, yeah. and Lamont Cole, because yeah. it's their areas. Um, but I think that we were all getting bombarded at the same time. So we immediately, um, you know, we're, we're on the text message uh, group, and it, I mean, it's going off, uh, you know, constantly. Um, so we were, you know, kind of, no, nobody's gone through this before. So the yeah. response, you know, we, we didn't know what was going on. And um, then, you know, there were folks from the family, uh, you know, who reached out, but it has, it's still one of those things that, you know, of course it's real, but, you know, it's just unsettling that it happened here. And then at the, when did you get out there? Um, the I, I was out there, I believe it was all these days, Wednesday, okay. Wednesday um, evening. I think that was when there was a, a visual yeah. out there at the store. Um, and then on, Thursday, Wednesday before the visual, the, the governor had assembled a lot of the religious leaders. We met with him first, yeah. um, elected officials, and then uh, we wanted to make sure we got information out to the you know faith leaders mm -hmm. to, to you know get them on board with doing what they do, but doing it unified and sure. and you know trying to speak with with one voice. And then that meeting led to another. Um, larger prayer visual, a citywide unity prayer visual on Thursday night that the governor was there. Most of the elected officials here attended, you know, many, many faith leaders, community leaders. Um, we had representatives from the, the chamber. Um, we had representatives from Baton Rouge Area Foundation, um, NAACP. We had, you know, most of the, the organizations there represented yeah. and, you know, hundreds if not a thousand community members there. One of the, I guess this was so early in the day on Tuesday, just after the 4th of July weekend, mm -hmm. and uh, I was gone mm -hmm. through that weekend and actually got back on the 4th, and then this happened, and I was talking to lots of electeds and some people with law enforcement that evening trying to gain understanding, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And... Also trying to encourage people to be calm because much like yourself, my expectation was this this could blow up really, oh, yeah. really, really oh, yeah. bad. Mm -hmm. My first observation about the protesters was that before we had so many outside groups come into here, there were no skirmishes between law enforcement and the protesters. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to back up a little mm -hmm. bit. So then... People started to call for the, the mayor's resignation 
and the police chiefs firing. This was Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, that was one of the, the first press conferences. Yeah. Your what? What's your response to that? And we'll talk more about the mayor in just a bit. Mm-hmm. We'll take our time with this one. And you know, this this one's going up the day we record it. So we're sitting here on Tuesday, the twelfth. And as soon as we're done later today, this will be available for people to hear. So because okay. I'm going to do a few of these this week, I generally Sounds do good. weekly. But your reaction to that? There was anger in the direct aftermath of something like this on both sides, and that first wave is always going to be one of emotion, yeah. and people generally want to back it back after you have a chance to settle. But in that first wave of, of dialogue, there was just emotion, and people said, we want the mayor to resign, we want the, the chief to be fired. W- what was your response to that? You know, that, that I was just kind of blown away, and, and I know Mike, and and I, I was there. Talking about so Mike, McClanahan. Mike McClanahan. I know Mike as well. NAACP and, yeah. and I was there, and, and he, he wasn't reading from, um, you know, he didn't have any prepared remarks. Sure. So, you know, I, I, I really think that um, it was just his anger um, because, you know, many of us, we hadn't had the opportunity to become really organized at that point. But right. that those two were demands, requests were never at the the forefront of of our minds as sure. far as the the elected officials and and I think that you know those those demands were extremely premature yeah. um you know not not even premature I, I don't even know if, if they're you know actually necessary um they they definitely won't you know bring justice now sure. if if we find out that you know the the police chief had some knowledge of, you know, attempting to, you know, hide some evidence or, you know, some things of that nature, then that's a different story. But right. I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, I've probably talked to the chief more since this happened than I've talked to my wife. Wow. Um, I've talked to... What's that dialogue been like? You know, it, it's been friendly. Um, you know, we've, you know, I've been out there, um, yeah. so, so I've witnessed and, and, you know, even before the outsiders, we, we had very few issues, sure. right? Um, you know, I've, I've gotten a picture today that's very unsettling yeah. um, from, you know, a picture of a young man that, yeah. that I know really well yeah. and who I spoke with on Friday night. Um, and I was out there a long time and I left and I told him, I was like, look, man, you know, I want to I want to see you tomorrow. Yeah. And, and he was like, look, you know, I'm going to be OK. And then, you know, I'm getting these pictures. But, you know, I know I'm getting ahead of things. But, sure. you know, that that request was, you know, initially we asked for. We want an independent investigation, um, and that was granted extremely quickly. And, you know, well, as I understand it, the decision to bring in the feds was one that was discussed the day that this happened, and I think it was the right decision mm-hmm. because it, it isn't an indictment, and it certainly isn't a criticism of any law enforcement here in as much as this is generally where one of these will go anyway. That's right. And I think calling in the Justice Department and the FBI t- gives an outside party an opportunity to take everything into consideration. We go through the week. There are these peaceful protests outside of the convenience store where this happened. And every evening there is a mixture of remorse and anger and passion and all of these things. And nothing happens. Mm-hmm. On Friday evening, people start to move to the police department's headquarters on airline highway here in Baton Rouge. And even through that evening, there is higher tension, but no real 
real skirmish that we can see. And I stayed up, man, till one o'clock watching the advocates feed of this, Mm -hmm. just listening to because you can hear the young lady leading the feed just kind of showed the video and let you hear. What was what when was the decision made to make that move to go to the police department's headquarters? Well, I'll tell you on on Thursday after the the huge prayer event at Living Faith, there was a meeting with some faith leaders, um, a few community leaders with some young people. Okay. I didn't attend the meeting, um, you know, getting updates from, and these young people were very angry, mm-hmm. right? Um, they, and they what were, were they angry about? You know, they were angry. Why has this happened? Why has this happened again? And when I say this, the you know the the murder of a uh, well, not unarmed because he was armed, but a black man by the hands of police. Just you know, why is this happening here? And mm-hmm. we we want to do something. We want to say something. And and these these young kids, from what I heard, were, were very emotional. And um, there were you know some conversations there. There were you know much you know ma- more mature audience there. And and it seemed that you know they wanted to you know get their get their frustrations out. Sure. So uh, immediately, what what happened was we um, Lamont Cole and really it was Tyrus Thomas, former LSU basketball and, and NBA player. Mm-hmm. He he was like, we have to do something for the young black males. We have right. to calm. We didn't have an agenda. Uh, we just wanted to meet with them on that Friday to just have a conversation to try right. to calm them down to let, let them get out their frustrations to us um, because we knew that they would be more – and Max Manelli, one of the local rappers from here, we knew that they, of course, have their admiration for Tyrus and yeah. Max Manelli. And I get it that not all young people want to always hear from the lawyer politician. <laughs> um, right. So we, we felt that it was a good mixture. Um, and th- those young guys could trust us on Friday – we convened a meeting at the Martin Luther King Center, and I mean, it was it was supposed to be for for, for guys only, but a lot of people showed up. Um, I think we had over 200 people, and you know, they we we talked to them about how to protest. We were like, look, if you're gonna go out there, um, stay in the designated areas, you know, don't if people don't want to honk their horns, don't 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 beat on them, um, and remember that. And this was right after Dallas, yeah. So, which you know, reprehensible um, as well. Um, so of course the emotions for the, the police department, they're high, yeah. you know, of course they're terrified, sure. you know, cause they were under attack in sure. Dallas. So sure. we have to, we have to recognize that and not allow the two to take away from the importance of speaking about how we need to be respectful to right. our police officers and then, you know, allow these folks to have a demonstration. So, you know, I want to get to the aftermath and what the what the expectation and the hope of a, res- of a result would be. But first, as we move through this week, this happens on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, Minnesota mm-hmm. takes place. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty shocking video. Mm-hmm. And so before we get to Thursday, let's talk about your response to the shooting in Minnesota where the young man the young lady and a four-year-old, which, by the way, I didn't even know there was a four-year-old oh, in the yeah. car until oh, yeah. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, Friday, because I was so consumed with what was happening here. And then during the course of the day, you got to earn a living, too. So I, right. I got my own business that, that I got to take care of. Mm-hmm. But when you see what happened in Minnesota, what was your response? You know, it was the same response when I watched Mrs. Sterling. I was like, not another hashtag. I was like, here, here we go. There's another hashtag. 
You got Sterling, you got Castile. And then for me, in the video, you hear the mother attempting to console the child, and the child was like, Mommy, I'm here. You yeah, know, this is was, a four year old. That was that was harder to listen to than, than me actually watching um the video. So that of course added a, another level yeah. of of anger, yeah. of tension. And then we know what happened the next evening. So let's talk about that, which it was just insane the week that this country had. Mm-hmm. So the event here in Baton Rouge, the incident here in Baton Rouge, the incident in in Minnesota, uh, and Thursday, as the evening is wearing on, we start getting these news bulletins, because I, I may have five or six news outlets that send push notifications among them, the Associated Press. And then you're hearing this. And as the evening rolls on, and this was in the aftermath of protests that were tied to what happened in Baton Rouge and what happened in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And we we see this thing playing out where people are targeting police officers. Mm-hmm. Well, that was in in. We saw the aftermath of the Sterling incident, the aftermath of the thing in Minnesota. Dallas was happening right before our eyes, right. almost That's in right. almost That's in right. real time. That's right. Yeah. So, what was your reaction to that? My, the my my first the first time I, I I learned of it, I was actually on Instagram, and there's a a young lady from Shreveport who uh, who I know, and she was live. You know, she had live video on her Instagram, and she was out there in, mm-hmm. in some building and didn't really know what was going on. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, God, like, what, what's happening in Dallas? And um, the best man in my wedding was out there. Um, he, a couple of my fraternity brothers, they all live in Dallas, so I'm calling them, and then I turn on the television, and we're, and we're watching this stuff. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're looking at this. At this point, it was Thursday after the prayer vigil, and I was actually in the gym. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm I think it was like eleven o'clock at night and I had gone to Planet Fitness. I'm on a treadmill watching it. Right. Right. And then um you know, texting these guys to make sure that they are okay and just you know, I was just as angry watching what happened in Dallas um as I was when I watched what happened with Mr. Sterling and Mr. Castile. The the range of emotions right. were um were parallel. So let's now let's digging deeper here. For the family, first of all, have you? I'm, I know you have in your conversations with Alton Sterling's aunt, mm-hmm. who has been the most visible member of his family. What have those conversations been like? What is she saying? We know that she has been almost pleading with people oh, to yeah. not be violent, oh, yeah. to not cause uh, chaos in this town. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. I think she's shown an enormous amount of strength. Um, from the first event right there at Triple S when she spoke, her message has been consistent. Like, please, if you want to honor his life, let's honor his life by peacefully, you know, demonstrating whatever it is that you want to do. Just, you know, remain peaceful. He was, um, you know, a a very calm guy from from what she says. Um, And, you know, he would probably have been out there if if it had happened to somebody else. He'd been out there, you know, calm. Um, and she want wants us to just kind of if we're gonna honor him, we can't honor him by 
um, you know, engaging in any activity that will cause someone else to be mourning, right? Right. Um, and, you know, I haven't been one of those folks that have tried to bombard Sandra, um, you know, but, and I've, I've talked to her so many times because she's been at the table at different different meetings and, um, you know, she just kind of asked, like, just give her, give her some time. Um, but, and I, and I know that it's, it's difficult for her, uh, but her message has been consistent. Like, let's maintain a level of civility in, in the city to really honor him. The other side of this from law enforcement has been that they feel like they're being paint, painted with a broad brush, that mm-hmm. they're being painted to be a racist police department mm-hmm. that is out to kill young black men in Baton Rouge. You and I know a lot of police officers. Mm-hmm. I've got members of my family who, who are police officers. Some of my closest friends have been police officers mm-hmm. and you know leaders in the police department. And I don't believe the narrative to be true that mm-hmm. the Baton Rouge Police Department as a whole That's is right. a racist police department. So what do you say to police officers who do feel like they're being characterized as a 1965 oh, yeah. Montgomery, Alabama law enforcement group mm-hmm. versus what they really are in Baton Rouge today? Yeah, I think that I've, I've continued to maintain that the same type of discourse and the same type of um, communications as, as as you just stated. This is not an indictment on our entire police force. Uh, you know, I, of course, you know, I'm a criminal defense attorney, so, you know, I've seen some issues that, that I believe, you know, are, are, have not been constitutional, but this is not a huge problem here. Now, right. you know, some folks may say something differently, but look, you know, this is this is not a time to you know, place blame on any particular group. Like, do you um, think the police department here is racist? I don't. I, I don't think that we have a racist police department. I know, and I know from speaking with leadership that there are some folks that they would like to weed out. Um, and what I say to, you know, folks the in the community is, if you, we can't label each police officer based on our reaction to two sure just like we don't want them labeling every black man in the community right and you you can't do one and think that the other is okay you know we cannot allow our labels biases to allow us to generalize an entire group it just can't happen because it it drives us so far apart to where you can't have a dialogue because people are either screaming at one another or their differences have made them get so stiff and rigid that they won't talk. And you can't bring a solution without being able to communicate and dialogue. And you may disagree. That's mm-hmm. not to say if you have a dialogue that you're going to leave an agreement. Oh, yeah. But I think sometimes the benefit of having spoken in a civil, constructive way is better than just being so far apart, never even looking at one another. Does that make sense? That's right. We, I mean, we've been at the table this week with... Um, law enforcement, you know, yesterday there was a meeting. Um, we had the chief, we mm-hmm. had Mike Edmondson, and yeah. we had Sid Gotro at the same table. And not all of the conversation was, was friendly. Right. But it was respectful. Right. 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 And, um, and there's a level of respect both ways. There were, there were some things that we as elected officials, either, you know, those of us that were out there, we witnessed it. Um, our constituents have been calling us. And there were some things that we asked for. And there were some things that um, the, the law enforcement officials agreed to make sure didn't happen. Um, and that's, that is 
my role right. to, you know, and, and folks are criticizing me for some of my comments and, and look, you know, what comments, you know, just about and what criticism about the, the outsiders and Hey, you, you shouldn't be, you know, discouraging people from coming here and anybody should, should come, you know, but, but my thing, it's not is, what you said. It's you, not what you, I said. You never said, it, exactly. you never said anything about, we don't want outsiders. You're talking specifically to a troublemaking percentage of outsiders. That's right. People and who are coming for the sole purpose of trouble. Look, we, I posted a picture and, and I, I made a comment that, you know, these are the men of Baton Rouge. It doesn't represent the outsiders. And then, you know, and I usually, I post stuff on Facebook and I rarely, especially this week, you know, I rarely have time to really go back. But one, I was, night before last, I, I went back and I started reading the comments and I was like, okay, these folks have obviously taken my comment another way. And then it was, you know, the guy D-Ray from the Black Lives Matter movement, he had just gotten arrested. So, you know, I think that some people may have thought that I was talking about him. You know, I wasn't talking about him. Sure. I, I didn't I, I didn't know he was in Baton Rouge. I had met with him. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe that he was out there agitating things. Sure. I'm talking about some of the groups that were here. I'm talking about some of the, the conversations that I heard because, you know, for those folks that are getting upset, I'm not talking about something that I read about. I've been on the ground sure. and I've witnessed it. Well, I watched on Friday you, Senator Regina Barrow, mm -hmm. Tyrus, and Lamont Cole all try with no success to get people to disperse and leave. It was mm -hmm. clear at that point in the evening. It was late. Everybody was tired. It was 85 mm -hmm. degrees outside. Yeah. And I think they had been there. And we, th this evening had happened without any interaction or any uh, altercation between mm -hmm. our police department and the people there. And you were being shouted down. Oh, and yeah. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. now this, is, this seems different. Yeah. This is not... This is not the same. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm watching the feed and you guys are all looking at each other like, what the hell? It's yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. And being, I mean, not just being, not just a few people shouted down. Oh, We're yeah. not going anywhere oh, yeah. until you guys all finally said, okay, well, we're just going back away because clearly there were people in the crowd that did not want to hear you. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Was that, was that a larger was that a, the majority, a small minority? Tell me about that because all of y'all tried and right. nobody That's had right. success. Like you know, like I indicated, we had a meeting and we started getting calls about the the crowd is growing at Goodwood. So we were like, look, we need to end this meeting because we need to go out there. And yeah. and I and I really, you know, I went out there. I didn't I didn't suspect that I would be in the middle of the police department and they were in full gear. Sure. And because they didn't know what was going what to happen. happen. So there's a, a three foot difference. Well, median between the police officers and the protest. So yeah. it's, it's those names that you mentioned, Tyra Wicker and her husband. I we didn't were, see Tyra and, and, and Mike. Some of, yeah. some of the young guys that were, you know, some college students, young man, Jarvis Antoine Jr. has been amazing. Um, we were out there in the middle. I mean, and they were like, you know, they were angry with us. You know, they wanted Why? to get their frustrations out. Well, they had been watching what was taking place in Atlanta. And in Atlanta, these folks had taken over the streets, they had taken over the interstate, and they wanted to know why they couldn't take over the street. And they wanted to protest in the street. Now You can't do that. You but I mean these, there are there are, are organized folks. ways they're, they're, where they're, you can there are organized yeah. ways there. And and what in Atlanta the mayor had he had opened up the street. He was like, you know what? 
just just let them have the yeah, street. Yeah, well, he's, that, he has since backed know, away from he that. Has, he re- he recognizes he that was a mistake. But the answer to why they were so upset is they're looking, and I heard them, and I'm grabbing I'm grabbing guys by the face. I'm getting pushed for, you know, because, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want anybody grabbing me on my face either. But, but you're you know, an elder to these calm, kids. I'm trying yeah. to calm some folks down. Lamont Cole has taught a lot of these oh, kids. Oh, sure. And, and Clay, they were, they were, some of them were crying. They were like, look, we see folks in Atlanta doing this. We see folks, and this is our city. This happened yeah, here. Yeah. So, and, and some of them, they, they they weren't malicious. They were like, we want to be able to march in the street. And I was like, look, we will help you get something organized. We get but on that's the just because of what they saw on television and on Facebook. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing because I just, I watched the speech that the mayor gave recently just saying you're not going to be able to do yeah. that. You know, and I think that what he saw and, and how it shut his city down. Right. He was he was concerned. And let me, you know, airline is is a major highway. It's a, it's be, a man, it's know, it's a track down. lane depending that's on right. what somebody could get hit by a car. That's right. Nobody wants to see that's, that. That's right. So we were out there and you know and we we had some and I, and I've had I brought this concern to the police department. You know, we have we had some officers that were, you know, there, and they have the shield, and they were slapping, tapping the shield with the batons. And, you know, I didn't think that that was necessary. But you got young kids that are angry and yelling things, and you got police officers. And I, I saw it as a little agitating. I saw it as, as daring them, like, come on. And, and we were like, look. That that can't happen. Like, but there's emotion on both sides. There's emotion though. on both sides. And but I don't want the picture to be painted that the the protesters was all rowdy and we didn't have some rowdy police officers. Well, listen, I wasn't out there, and what I've tried to maintain from last week when this happened mm-hmm. through now is the objectivity of saying this: people have the right to protest. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a constitutional right. Mm-hmm. Having said that, people don't have the right to riot and do things Most and definitely. that's not happened here okay so this has been of of any city where this has happened by and large this has been peaceful mm-hmm. at the same time i am very pro law enforcement and military mm-hmm. because of members of my family who've done it mm-hmm. now i would never sit and say that any institution is perfect there are no mm-hmm. they're, they're all ministers aren't good all teachers aren't good aren't all doctors aren't good all you know you know that so i and i I got law enforcement friends who say they get that for and 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 again not just because a young black man has gold teeth and and tattoos and all of this it doesn't mean that he's a criminal there's a cultural thing that happens there Mm -hmm. that unless you understand it you you can't know that that it's it's what these kids do nowadays. Mm-hmm. One of my concerns, though, Ted, is the two sides are talking past each other. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this question: What's the outcome? What do we what do we want to have happen here? I'm going to stop it right there, and we will pick up part two at that point tomorrow. What is the end game? What are we hoping to accomplish here? It's Very interesting to hear his thoughts on that. And a surprising portion of this conversation kind of happened organically. And I will tell you, it's at the end of our part two. And it deals with the mayor's race. 
You heard me right. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do download the show. It's free. You can catch up with what's happening in the city, and I would love your feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR or on Facebook to offer suggestions or to just tell us what you think of the show. Again, we appreciate you being with us. I'm Clay Young, and this is The Clay Young Show on the Talk 107.3 mobile app where it's free there, on iTunes, or of course, on podcast 225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.